So how many of you have uh, traditions in your family that you remember, you created? Traditions in our family were, were so important. Uh, growing up, my parents just saved up every year, and we went on a big family vacation. All right, we went. We had, I had an older brother, so it's uh, my parents and two boys. And so they're just very intentional about creating space for time. Just spending time together, getting away from the distractions of life and work and school and all those things. And they just wanted to, to be together. And you know, vacation is supposed to be relaxing and just calm and nice and refreshing. How many of you know that literally never happens on vacation? And so we were going down to Fort Lauderdale this time around. So I guess we didn't save up a lot of money. But we were going down to Fort Lauderdale, going to the beach. I'm just kidding. Going to the beaches. And so my parents have it all planned out. The restaurants uh, we're going to go to, uh, the sites we're going to see, the hotels were booked, the beaches were ready. We were, we were all planned and ready to go. It was a miracle. My brother and I, we woke up on time. Our bags were packed. We got the bags out. How many of you had someone in your family, probably a lot of the dads, like they're the only ones that are allowed to pack up the trunk? Anyone like that? Like, everyone step aside, this man is about to go to work, it's like a game of Tetris, right? Like, I gotta win, luggage, open trunk, I'm gonna fit every little piece, and it's gonna be perfect, and we're all gonna see the greatness of that happen, right? So, we're doing that, my dad's just packing up the car, we're all standing back in awe of his greatness, and watching it come to fruition, and we're, we're ready to go. He gets the last bag in, and it's all good to go, and they go to close the trunk, And the back window of the trunk shatters into a thousand pieces. It was awesome. All right. (laughs) Like, as a teenage boy, like, I just really wanted to laugh, you know. But, like, I've never seen a man want to fight a car before. All right. My dad was just absolutely furious. It was like all of the years of bad driving and treating that car just came back to haunt him right in that moment. And it just shattered all over the floor. And so we're just like... It's all thrown off, and we don't know what to do. We get a rental car, and we gotta, the plans are kind of messed up for the day, and do we even go anymore, right? Just kind of ruined us, left us in this place of literally we're down on the floor having to clean up the messiness and the brokenness of all that glass and try to figure out how to kind of put the pieces back together for our vacation. And as I thought of that story, I, I think that a lot of us in life, that's a lot of how our life experience has been or is currently going, is that you and I have plans and we have dreams and desires for our future. We've got places we want to go. We have a way that we want our family to operate and to look like. We want to be successful in business and in our career and with relationships and friendship. I mean, we've got places that we want to be, but how often does life just present itself in a way that forces you to be left picking up the pieces in dealing with the messiness of life, in the brokenness either in your life or around you and your family or friendships or people or at work and all those different things. I mean, how often do we just find ourselves stuck, wishing we could move forward, wishing we could go to where we want to be, but yet life has thrown something in your way and you're just dealing with the messiness of life. And I've, I've learned as I've gotten older and married and kids and work and the stresses and the anxieties, I mean, doesn't it just feel like at times the messiness just piles and piles and piles onto your life? And oftentimes, we don't even know the answers. It's very unclear and it's confusing and it's frustrating and we're left discouraged. 
we're left wondering, how do you and I put the pieces back together just so we can keep moving forward in this life? Well, if you've been in that place before, or if you're currently going through something like that, I I want today to be an encouragement to you. I, I want you to leave today more inspired and more encouraged that you don't have to live and dwell in the messiness of life, even though it's inevitable and it happens, that we have a God that wants to help lead us out of the brokenness and out of the messiness into the place that he has in store for you to go. And I hope this morning you're encouraged. I hope a burden is lifted off of you today. I'd like to actually pray for us as we dive into the words. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, we just thank you for an amazing moment of worship this morning. A chance to get away from life, to come into this room. And more importantly, to come into your presence. And Father, I want to pray that whatever messiness... Whatever brokenness and confusion and the challenges of life that each and every one of us face today that wait for us outside of this room, I want to pray that you encourage our hearts, strengthen our faith today, knowing that you want to lead us out of that place and into the places that you desire us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you want to follow along, we're going to be in the book of Joshua today. Joshua chapter 1. Uh, Verses 1 through 9, you can open up the app and follow along with the notes in there. Uh, This is a fascinating piece of scripture to me, because what we have, we're right kind of at a pivot in the Bible. Uh, You heard, even last week, Moses was the leader of Israel. He was the chosen man of God to lead them out of slavery from Egypt. They go through the wilderness, and they're meant to get into what we call the promised land, the place God has for them. But they didn't get there. A lack of faith and some struggles and challenges with the nation. So they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. I mean, the entire generation is now dying uh, because they're not able to get into uh, the promised land. They've been going in the wilderness for 40 years. And I know many of you, you probably feel like life, even this week, has been like wandering in the wilderness. Wishing you could get somewhere else. Wishing you had answers. Wishing you uh, were out of the confusion to get to where you want to go. And Israel finds himself in that place. But it's a transition happening to a new time for the nation of Israel. And And it starts with nine verses, okay? This has always just been amazing to me that as we transition into new leadership for Israel, God gives nine verses, what I like to call God's pregame speech to Joshua, who is now going to be the leader of the nation of Israel. All he gives, it's actually eight little sentences. The first one begins it, and that's what we're going to look at today. And it starts in verse 1. Here's what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. I want to stop there because you think, like, Moses is a big deal, okay? Moses, I mean, you just list his accomplishments. He uh, was chosen from a burning bush to lead Israel out of Egypt. He talked to Pharaoh went through the ten plagues, leads the nation out of Egypt, going through the wilderness, gets to the Red Sea. He parts the Red Sea with a stick. They go through the ocean on dry ground. And then he gets to a place where he's going up to the mountain to speak one-on-one with God. He had this intimate, just incredible relationship with God to the point where one time God's presence shone across his face 
to the point where his face was glowing, he had to wear a veil coming down the mountain so he wouldn't blind the people because he was that close to the presence and the goodness of God. He brought the Ten Commandments from the word of God, his mouth, to the people of Israel. I mean, Moses did so many things. So how is it that God gives him five little words to end his time as the leader of Israel? God just says, Moses, my servant is dead, period. It's like, can we have a parade for Moses? Like, like that's a terrible obituary, right? Can we, like, we make statues for college football coaches. Can we make one for Moses? You know what I mean? Can we get excited about his life? But, but Moses just, he's dead. And then he continues. That, that shocks me because here's what we learn about God from this transition from this old way now to a new way. There's two words that come next, which I believe tells you and I a lot about our God. Here's what it says. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then. Can you say that with me? Now then. One more time. Now then. See, he, here's what we learn about God. We have a God who is a now then kind of God. He's a, he's a now then kind of God. He's not a back then kind of God. God is moving Forward. I need all of us to understand that this is how God works. The current situation, Moses is dead. We need a new leader. We've been wandering for 40 years. We've been struggling. It's been a really difficult time for the nation of Israel. There's frustration. There's grumbling. Who's going to be the leader? What's going to happen now when there's loss? And who's going to fill that void? No, no, no. Moses is dead. God says, now then, we're moving forward. We have a God that wants to move forward. Forward, And it's, it got me thinking about my life. Because I think there's, there's two kinds of people in the room today. And it's, it's a person who's either a now-then kind of person or a back-then kind of person. You see, a now-then kind of person realizes that we have to move forward. That there is something better ahead of us. We don't see it. We don't know it. It's not, it's maybe not clear, but we know that God has something ahead of us if we keep moving. A back then kind of person, oh man, we just live and dwell in the past. I mean, do you know what happened to me back then? Wishing we could hold on to that former relationship or wishing we still had that job or wishing we were still in that relationship or wishing that we didn't have a loss in the family, wishing we didn't have this happen and the abuse and the verbal things that have happened and all the the challenges and the obstacles kind of living and dwelling in that place which leaves us kind of stagnant to be able to move to the now then that God has in front of us. See, a now-then person doesn't like change, but is willing to change knowing that God is leading them to something better. A back-then kind of person's like, no, 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 this is who I am. This is, this is what's happened to me. This is my story. I am like this. I'm not good enough for that because of the scars, because of the failures, because of the challenges and the obstacles, and I didn't get that done, and I wasn't good enough there. We just kind of live and dwell in this back-then place. You think Joshua is the chosen man to take over from Moses. Just think of that responsibility. And think of the insecurities that could come. That he's got to lead them and he's seen failure and Moses fell short. Many of you, you've had parents fall short in your life. You've had bosses and friendships and spouses fall short in your life. And it's left you confused and it's left you in a place of feeling overwhelmed and anxious. And and all of those different things. And And Joshua has a decision to make. He's either going to live Back then, 
in the struggle. Or he's going to trust that he has a God who is speaking into his life saying, Joshua, I am a now then kind of God. Moses has died. Can I tell you something? Sometimes God allows things to die in your life so that you can go now then. But see, uh, we like to, there's the clap. Yes, thank you. We, we, we like to hold on to things, right? We like to just try to make it work because we're comfortable and we get stuck and stagnant. And that's when the messes seem to just pile on. And God's going, hey, Joshua, they're in the wilderness. Moses, Moses couldn't even get them in the promised land. But you, with me, we're going to take them in the promised land. Can I tell you that God has a promised land in front of you if you choose to live now then? See, because look what happens. God's speaking right into Joshua. And he says, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people. And this is the title of my sermon. He says, get ready. Can you say that with me? Get ready. One more time. Get ready. You see, I want you and I to leave today ready with an idea that if we choose to live now then, moving forward, not dwelling in the fears, in the insecurities, and in the struggles, the brokenness, and the mess, knowing that if we choose to go with God where he wants to take you, oh, get ready because God has something in store for you that you have never experienced before. See, that's the God I want to believe in. He says, get ready to cross the Jordan. You see, again, some of us, we've got a Jordan River right in front of us that we have to cross today. We have things that we have to get over with God so that we can move to the places God wants us to be. We're going to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. And so then he moves on. And so he doesn't leave him there. He says, all right, Joshua, if you become a now-then kind of person with me, I have three I wills that I want to give you. And, and he basically prepares Joshua, if you move forward with me to the place that I have for you, even though it's been messy, even though it's been a struggle, if you move forward, here's my three promises for you. They're the three I wills that God has for him. And here's what he says. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea and in the west. And you say, why is he being so specific? You know what I believe about God is that God wants to expand our territory. God wants to expand your influence. God wants to expand your impact on this world. He wants his people that he's chosen that are children of his to be led into a place where they have success and prosperity with their families, with their marriages, with their children, with their leadership, with your business, with your future. He wants to expand what he has for you. But you notice it's in his hands. He has the boundary line set for your life. And Joshua's never been there. He's seen it a little bit. He's got a glimpse of it. But he's still in this back then place. He's got to move forward to experience all that God has in front of him. It's specific what God has in store for Joshua and the people. Continue. He said, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. And just look at the three I wills. I will give you, I will be with you, and I will never leave or forsake you. And I started to think about this in my life. Am I a back then person just 
dwelling in the scars and the mistakes and the bad decisions and where I fell short and where am I a now then kind of person? And I started to wonder how many I wills from God have I missed out on in my life because I've been stuck back then? I mean, that kind of scares me, to be honest. I mean, all that God wants to, to open up and to bless me with. We talk about a God who's full of blessings. He's open-handed to, to provide for you and to show you things. And sometimes it takes a wilderness and crossing over to get to the promised land. But I don't want to be a person that misses out on the I wills that God has for me. And we miss out when we just stay stuck cleaning up the brokenness and the messes of life. The I wills of God are so powerful. And so then he goes into a little bit of the how. So Joshua's being led to lead and to do these crazy big things that Moses couldn't even do. And really the question is, so how do we get there? What does it look like? How am I going to be successful in this leadership? And so this is God's pregame speech to Joshua. And you would think he would just lay out this plan. It's like he he would give them all the ways he's going to succeed and what to do and how to do it. And be very thorough and all those things. But, but God doesn't give them a lot. It's like if the Bucks coaches gave the players like three plays, which sometimes it looks like that's the, that's the case, right? You just like, can you give me more, right? Can you just provide the playbook to be successful so I get to where you want me to be? And look at what he, what he gives them. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and Very courageous, right? He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And so you look at this, the three B's. Be strong, be courageous, be careful to obey. It's like, God, is that it? Could you give me a little, a little more? It reminds me recently, uh, my wife and I actually, we found out we're pregnant with another baby. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Some of you are like, do we clap? That's a lot. <laughs> Should we pray for that? Um, so we're very excited, but we go to a place called Breath of Life, and they have midwives, and they're Christian people. They're amazing. Clap for that. That's good. We love them. They're amazing. So we're like regulars there, okay? <laughs> We've been there a lot. I mean, they know, they know us, they pray for us, and they're amazing. And so we're sitting in there, and they're very comfortable. It's actually just my wife. And uh, they tell her, after all, kind of, they go through the different things, they look at her and say, wow, Heather, uh, your belly's, like, sitting a little high. And Heather looks at him like, well, like, give me more. Like, what does that mean? Is that all you're going to say? And what the woman says, she looks at her and goes, well, it could be twins. She told me that. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. Come on. Like, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen the boundary lines of my house, but it's too small for that. Like five kids. And I'm just thinking, like, you got to be kidding me. And that's all the woman said. She's like, could be twins. Have a good day. And she's out. It's like, what do you mean? Right? So we schedule an ultrasound like 20 seconds later to go see, like, what we're dealing with and, well, the blessings that we get to have, you know. And so we go into the ultrasound. I know. We go to the ultrasound. And we, and we get the information, and they look, and it's not twins, it's triplets. No, I'm kidding, it's just one. It's just one. <laughs> it's just one. Oh, man. I would run away, for real. I would not be a good pastor at that point. Um, 
And it's so funny, like, everyone's, all these men ask me, you know, when they hear we're pregnant again, like, you know how that happens, right? I'm like, that's the problem. Like, yes, I do know. Yes. Anyways, moving on. Um, so we found out it's just one. But the, the point was that woman looked at my wife and she's like, oh, it could be twins. It doesn't say anything. It's like, can we have a little more information? Can you, can you fill me in more on that? And I think Joshua has the same exact response to God. It's like, okay, God, you have this place for us and blessings and prosperity and success. How do we get there? And he's like, be strong, be courageous, be careful to obey. Go get him, buddy. <laughs> it's like, God, is that it? Is that, is that all you're giving me? Because if, if we were honest, if we were in Joshua's place, and God is speaking into us, this is the pregame speech before it all goes down. It, I think you and I would look at him and say, God, I would love to be strong right now. But let me tell you what's happening in my life. Because this looks really ugly, and these things have happened to me, and it's getting really hard to just keep going. And to be honest, God, I'm giving up in some relationships. I'm giving up on people. I'm giving up on these things. And I'd love to operate in a place of strength. But to be honest, I feel really weak right now, God. And, and it's like, God, I'd love to be courageous. I'd love to wake up and win the day and tackle the day and conquer all that's in front of me. And, and just to just go at everything, even the obstacles, and be faithful and be trusting and say, God, I'm courageous. I'm strong with you. And, but God, if I'm honest, the anxiety of life is so much. It's so hard what I've been going through in, in my mindset and, and what's going on inside that no one even sees that I don't even talk about. I'd love to be courageous, but the truth is I'm filled with fear all the time. Fear of failure, fear of not making it, fear of not having enough, not providing enough, not being a good dad, husband, wife, leader, whatever it looks like. God, there's more fear in my life than there is courage. Do you ever feel like that? I mean, let's just be honest about it. And then, like, be careful to obey. God, I'd love to be the perfect Christian and be faithful and to honor you with my decisions. But, God, life is so difficult. Sometimes I just give in to some places that I shouldn't. And I'm so overwhelmed and I'm so stressed and I give myself into some sin and I make some bad decisions. And it's so hard. God, I'd love to be that. But the truth is, I just, sometimes I'm, I'm disobedient. And so, God. That's great that you want me to be this, but the question is, how? How can I be strong? How can I be courageous to go from back then to the now then promised land that you have in front of me? Thankfully, he has one more verse. And you may have read this. You may have been made to memorize it in Bible school when you were younger and Sunday school. And I don't want you to skip over it because I believe it is the equipping, all of the equipping that Joshua needs and that you and I truthfully can claim today to be able to walk out of this room and not live back then any longer, but to have the strength, the courage, the obedience to live a now then type of life. And here's what he says. He says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And some of us are like, well, that's so simple. But it really, really isn't. You hear all the time, well, God is with you. 
God is with you. And what, what God is saying to Joshua, and I love his verbiage. He looks at Joshua and he says, Joshua, the Lord, your God. It's not the God or a God, it's your God will be with you wherever you go. You know what God's saying? It's the presence of God that leads you from back then to be a now then kind of person. That's it. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God in your life that takes you from holding on to the past, from thinking that it's hard and stressful and overwhelming. You were never made to live this life alone. You were made to live this life in the presence of your heavenly Father that wants to lead you and guide you and direct you and give you wisdom and give you discernment to take you over the things that you have not been able to cross over for your entire life. That we've been holding on to and just cleaning up the messes. Sometimes just sweeping it under the rug and just leaving it there. God saying, I will dwell with you and I will cross you over that Jordan. And I will take you to the place that you have never been before. He says, it is the presence of God that changes everything. And so we have these fears and we're discouraged And we struggle and we question. And God's saying, Joshua, it's not going to be easy. You're going to face Jericho and the walls. And you're going to face all these different people that are going to fight against you. And and that's how life is. Things just fighting against you. You're trying to move forward and things are piling on. You're trying to get to that place with your kids and things just make it harder. You're trying to make your marriage better and it gets harder. And God's saying, Joshua, hold on. Don't give up. Joshua, it's going to get hard. Don't give up. You know why? I'm with you every single moment. Do you know what I love about God? I've always loved this, that God is all-powerful. He created the heavens and the earth, knitted you and I together in our mother's womb. He's so vast and and massive and and incredible, but yet he's also all-personal. That each and every one of us has a distinct relationship with him. And the reason we have that is when Jesus Christ was speaking to his disciples in the book of John 14 and 16, he's preparing them for him to be killed and to, to die and then raise again and go into heaven. He said, it is better for you that I go. Why? He said, because God is going to send the Holy Spirit. He's your advocate. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's going to live and dwell within you, those who believe, every second of your life. And he wants to guide you, and he wants to teach you. He wants to remind you of truth. The Holy Spirit of God, church, is the presence of God that is meant to live in you and take you from just dwelling in this back-then lifestyle to cross over your Jordan and to make it to your promised land. You're not alone. You are not alone. And so my, uh, my daughter, Paisley, we'll put her back up. She uh, is amazing, but she's, she's three. And uh, actually last year she was two. We were in uh, Halloween. And, you know, we're trying to help our girls be courageous and strong and Halloween, you know, but some people, they go all out with their decorations and it's just not good for a two-year-old, you know, but of course we're bad parents. We go there anyways. And so uh, we're trying to get them to go by themselves. You know, you guys stay together, go up and get the candy, say, say the words and say thank you and all that. We get to this one house last year and, and Paisley is scared to death. 
And so I'm just saying, Paisley, go for it, go for it. She's just like stiff as a board, like, no, 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 I'm not going, I'm not going. And so I stopped, and I, and I just thought about it. It's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just go with her. So I lean down, and I look at her. I'm like, Paisley, it's like, what if Daddy goes with you? If I go with you, will you, will you go up to the, to the door with me? She goes, okay, Daddy. Just like shaking, right? Kind of felt bad. But, but so I, what I did was I grabbed her hand, and I just start leading her up the driveway to, to the door. And, and the closer we got, the slower she went, and the more she gripped my hand a little bit tighter, but she kept on moving. She kept on moving forward because she wasn't alone. Her father was leading her to the place where I knew she would be blessed. She'd love that candy. She'll be happy. And we get up to, to it, and she just stares at the person, and they give her the candy. No thank you, but it's okay. And she just gets the candy, and she just lights up. She smiles. And then she turns, and she runs away, leaving me at what she's scared of, right? She just leaves me. She takes the candy, and she shows her sisters and mommy, and she's so excited. The blessing had been received, but she never would have gotten it if she wouldn't have gone up there. And she never would have gone up there if her father didn't take her hand and walk up there with her. You see, we, we've got fears. There's things you're scared of and overwhelmed by right now in your life that you leave this room to face. And there's things that have happened to you that, that are still just messing with you and hurting you and you don't have answers to it and, and you're dwelling in that place. The failures, what people have done to you, the, the, the different things that you've dealt with. And God's saying, you don't have to go through that alone. And I didn't create you to live in this place. I created you for blessing and success and prosperity in the way that I have for you. The boundary lines of your blessing have already been created, church. And he's saying that if you choose to to remove the back then mentality and to let go and be willing to go where God has never taken you before, knowing that he's with you every step of the way, even though it's scary, even though that you don't know all the answers and you don't know what it's going to look like when you step out in faith, you cross over into the now then place that God has prepared for you. And the I wills of God will change your life and change your perspective of God because you will find his blessings where he's leading you. But if you stay where you've always been, how many of the I wills will you miss out on? It's not worth it. Oh, it's not worth it. They crossed the river. They tore down the walls of Jericho. They got into the promised land and God was all over their story. Oh, and I want God to provide that for you. Why don't you stand as we close and the prayer partners can come forward. I want to leave you with this this verse. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. I want to encourage you this morning to claim him as your God. Claim him as the God who died on a cross for your sins, who loves you more than you could ever dream and has made a way for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. You are no longer alone and your God wants to take you from where you've been to where he has created you to be. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you that your God who created you wants to live and dwell with you every single day. When you give your life to Christ, the one who died for your sins and in my sins, you are saying, God, 
I want a relationship with you. And you receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to take you places that you never dreamed you could go. Oh, church, let's be a now-then people. Because if we're a now-then people, get ready. Because God has something in store for you. Father, we love you. We praise you. Oh, God, thank you that you don't leave us in the messes. If we just started listing the, the struggles and the challenges, the fears, the anxieties that, that are felt in this room, God, we'd be here all day. But we know that you are not a God who leaves us or forsakes us. You are with us wherever we go. It's your presence that takes us from a back-then place to a now-then lifestyle. So, God, help us get ready. Help us leave this place with faith, knowing that you are with us. Oh, and you have a promised land waiting for our marriages, for our children, for our businesses, and for our lives. Oh, God, we trust you. What would we be without you? Thank you for Jesus who gave us a way to be in relationship with you. It's in his name we pray.